Welcome to our latest episode of Beyond Distribution with GTDC Podcast. Today's guest is Michael Urban, who is the president of Americas for TD Cynex. It's been one year since the merger of Tech Data and Cynex, and Michael shares his thoughts on how the company navigated through the transition, the effect it had with employees, partners, and the community, and what lies ahead. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next edition of our Beyond Distribution GTDC podcast. I am delighted today to have uh, Michael Urban, President of the Americas for TD Cynix, as our guest. Um, Michael, I, I know everybody you know who's in distribution and in the vendor community knows you well, but if you would, maybe spend a minute telling us a little bit about your background, uh, and then we'll kind of get into some discussion about... Uh, kind of what's going on these days with uh, with you and your team. Sure. Uh, thank you, Frank. Thank you for having me here in this podcast. And uh, I enjoyed a lot the, the podcast you have done in the past. Uh, so yeah, Michael Urban, I'm running TD Cynics for All Americas. Uh, I'm coming originally from the TD side. Uh, so years ago, I was in Europe, and then Rich Hume brought me over to Americas to run a global business for him. And then I moved to Cynex uh, in 2019. And then, of course, with the merge last year, 2021, uh, completed by September last year, uh, I was back and uh, now the America's president in, a, in that organization. And uh, being German to run America's is quite interesting, but uh, I like it a lot. And it's really a great company I'm working for. Yeah, well, I'll tell you something, Michael. I mean, you know, you and I have met, uh, you know, last couple of years, get to know each other better. But you, when we look back at your background in terms of, you know, the various roles you've had with running, you know, distributors in Europe, and then, as you mentioned, working for TD and Cinex, it's been quite a uh, quite an experience. And you've got uh, quite a lot of, uh, certainly, relationships with us at GTDC. I know that, um, you know, 10 years ago, you helped us put together our original database uh, program for GTDC, and uh, so we've had we've had very good engagement uh, from from the day one. Yeah, so quite interesting with GTC. I was the uh, uh, first uh, non-US member of GTC in two, uh, 1992, <laughs> so a while ago. Wow. And <laughs> the second one was Bob Wang. Uh, 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 being being out of Asia at that time, and then of course also US one. So, but I was the only uh, non-American. Uh, quite interesting, and they invited me because at that time was more US centric. I call it that way, right? Yep, yep. And then I met, of course, Bob Wang and uh, all the uh, other old folks. I call it right in distribution, and uh, so they brought me in as I was running Activis as a European distributor at that time, and they invited me. So that's why I have really long time uh, partnership with uh, GDC. Yeah, yeah, you have, and we've certainly appreciated it. So, well, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, a year ago, uh, it's been a little bit more than a year now, um, and it's been an amazing uh, transformation. I mean, the merger is just, uh, it's huge, right, obviously. Um, talk a little bit about how that transition's gone, and, you know, you had to pull teams together, and there's just been a tremendous amount of work that's been done. Tell us a little bit about what's what's transpired. Yeah, so uh, today is our last day of the fiscal year. So, uh, and uh, that means uh, we are 15 months exactly together by tomorrow. And uh, so, what I can tell you, and that you can see in our reports as a public listed company, the first four quarters we did very well. So, great performance from the team on the, on the global level. 
And I'm very impressed what we could deliver to the market. So, and talking to vendor partners, customer partners, and of course, also to our co-workers in the last couple of months, and even by today, I have a vendor partner here, worked for us for a long time, uh, all thumbs up. And that is a good sign. So if you get a thumbs up sign and uh, and uh, they're not complaining, because normally you get complaints quite quicker than thumbs up. And what I can tell you is a great success uh, story. Uh, so we have done, of course, on day one, the migration of the two companies. And most important there, we said, uh, let's bring the people together and tell who is leading and who is the next level and the next level and the next level. Yeah. And we have completed this in day one, September last year. And then within four weeks, we told everyone in the organization, what is your future job? And that was very important. It's a big part of the success. Also, we said very clearly, we like to grow the business. And uh, then we said, we will have one combined IT system, but for distributor is of course very important as also for our partners. And uh, so we made that all happen. So we have started with the process to bring the people together day one and completed that in a very short time period of good four weeks. And the next phase has started really to bring also the IT systems together, logistics centers together, finance, whatever you can think about. And uh, so we have completed in Canada, the IT system together in May this year. So it was a great success and uh, we had not one day of any issue. And, uh, and then we have continued that through the same thing in US. And uh, we are on the final phase to close also the US migration on the IT side. Wow. So, and again, if our partners telling us, hey, I'm not feeling anything, there could be two things, right? On one side, we haven't done the job or we have done the job so well. And it's the second answer is the right one because our partners feel really that is so smooth and it's no issue. And uh, everybody also on our partner side can call me up or Peter up or whoever in the organization if there's an issue. But I can tell you, we're not getting many calls like that. There's sometimes here and there's some hiccups, what is normal but very small. And again, we have a great team. And that's, that's it's, I think, what we've counted on. And uh, as you know, also, we never announced that we have layoff. And that helps, of course, in the process. And we have the people and they do the job and they do a great job. And we grow business and we grow our market share. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you from obviously being out there in the field and talking to folks and, and both the vendor side and the solution provider side, it has appeared to be seamless. Now, I know it hasn't been. I know underneath, there's a lot of work that goes on. But externally, it really has. And I think one of the reasons for that is, as you mentioned, you had a foundation of really good resources in place for a long yes. time. And yes. you were able to kind of build on that foundation. Uh, right. You know, North America, obviously, you know, Peter and his team had been in place forever. Yeah. Uh, folks on the TD side, um, probably had been in place less time in North America than certainly Peter and you know his team, right. but they pulled that together in a pretty seamless way. So I, yes. I think that's really positive. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I noticed, Michael, it came recently out of your one of the events that you just had. It was it looks like you've now combined the Barnex and the Tech Select communities mm -hmm. uh, into sort of one community and. I thought that was really interesting because, you know, I've been a big proponent over the years of yeah. the, these communities uh, right. because I think they really matter. I think they, people like to collaborate, like to work with each other. And I also think it builds stickiness for you guys as a distributor 
to develop those relationships. Talk a little bit about that and what 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 was your strategy around doing that and and how do you feel it's going? Yeah, so communities uh, for us and for me are very important, right? So when I joined Cenex uh, in 2019, uh, there uh, we had one community called Vanex. And I said, okay, uh, there, there's something more we can do with Vanex. So how we can improve that? What are the areas? So and I met very early in, in, the, in that uh, year, I met the partners and talked to them, okay, what you're looking for? So how do you see Vanex? Vanex was more than 10 years old at that time. And then after 10 years, you get feedback. And maybe it's also a bit rusty, right? Yeah. So the people say, hey, this could be better. This is a bit old-fashioned. We have to change and so on. So we have started that time to really to build up the new Vanex with uh, uh, when, uh, with our partners there as, as resellers, but also extended uh, the reseller base. And what we did, and that was a big change from the original idea was, we have integrated also our solves. That means coming more, bringing more technology over, right? So the Vanex community was in the part more, past more, helping of course partners, financial uh, on financial items, logistic items with end customers, giving more support services, et cetera, right? But the missing part was really uh, that Synex has built up a very strong uh, area of solves and the source was all technology driven, very specific uh, areas. So what we did is we brought all the solves in the community and said, okay, who is qualified for what and who likes to be in what solve? And with that, we have started to enhance even more the partnership on the, on the Vanex side mm -hmm. and with great success. And then, of course, with the merge, with Tech Select, right? So it's okay, what do we do? And so option one is always merge it together and then it's fine, right? And But we said very clearly, now what we do is we have an umbrella brand that is community solve. And then underneath, we have two areas, Vanex and Tech Select, and we keep them separate because Tech Select uh, was more on the data center side of the business. Mm. So it was lost this, less this solve activity idea, right? Was more on the, on the data center side, but also technology driven. So that's why we had this event a uh, good uh, three weeks ago in Orlando with bringing our partners in and then having one event, but a very specific uh, tech select and Vanix part together. And, uh, but it's still a different approach uh, uh, to the market. Yeah, that's great. And has the reaction, what's been the reaction of the partner community? Because I know that, you know, traditionally they've been very different, you know, whether it was Varnex, Tech Select, of course, in the case of, you know, some of your competitors, they had their programs. And so generally you have partners in each of the communities. How do, how do they feel about what you've done? No, so some were also in the Tech Select and the Nivanex at the same time, right? Ah, okay. With the merge, of course, they in both, right? Yeah. And uh, but uh, not many, so only a few. So uh, we asked them. So we had a board meeting with Tech Select and uh, and Vanex members in August. It was we talked about that. So what is your view, right? And I'm always a fan of asking my partners, right? So what is your view? So. Yeah. Do have crazy ideas, and at the end, we're ending up, hey, this is not what we want, right? So we asked them, and the message was very clear let's continue with Barnex, let's con continue with Tech Select, but really uh, uh, bringing maybe on, on the back office side, I call it, right? Bring the things together, right? But everything what is front, how we go to the market, and how you support us, what is the idea about that? So help us uh, on that. And that is what we have done, and we continue that path because that is what all partners want. And yeah. some continue with a tech select partner, some continue with the Vanex uh, partner, but some maybe have both because it's a different technology uh, if you yeah. talk about tech select. Yeah, well, that's good. So, Michael, I know that um, 
um, obviously, you know, public company, you have to be careful about talking about, you know, how you doing, et cetera, at various times, but at a high level, at just at a very high level, um, there's been a lot of uncertainty in the marketplace, yeah. certainly in the IT space over the last year. Then when you add to it all the macroeconomic concerns that everybody ha you know, has had, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what your thoughts are. How, how is it going? I think supply chain seems to be easing a little bit. What, what's happening out there at a, you know, at a macro level that you, can, that you can comment on? Yeah, maybe starting with supply chain because that uh, helps to explain a bit what's going on in the market, right? Yeah. Uh, so starting on the endpoint side, very clearly on the endpoint side, so everything was related to notebooks, desktops, and so on. Uh, that's very clearly we have more and more deliveries and uh, and I would call it less demand, right? And uh, uh, so we have more products in stock, but it's still a good demand. So what I'm uh, what I mean with that is uh, it depends really on the area of the business. If you talk about commercial side of the business on the on the notebook side, it's still a, a good demand in the market. If you go to the consumer side, it's a bit less. Mm. If you go to Chromebooks, it's not a good year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so very clear, right? So that's why you see these numbers, what's, what you see today that is all red now, it comes to notebooks. Reality is very red or dark red on Chromebooks and lightly red on, on consumer more green still on the uh, on the uh, on the classic business to business side so looking at that part of the business for for next year yes there will be an issue for sure in units but also we had some price increases in the last two years as we're all aware about that so this will compensate for sure some of the revenue uh, losses the question is is that business next year in revenue minus three four percent or is it even minus ten percent it's hard to say right but uh, our view is in quantity wise, more likely minus 10%, minus 5%. And then it depends really what customers are buying. Uh, normally the commercial side, they're more in the range of 800 to $1,000 in average price, retailers uh, less. So there might be a mixed change. And with that, we still feel quite comfortable that, uh, the, the, uh, that the endpoint side of the notebook business and so on is there. And also we should not forget that uh, with the Windows transition, there are many devices in the market, most specifically in the US, they have to be replaced. And we talked about 80 million devices have to be replaced in the next 12 months because they're not capable with the next versions of Windows, right? So that that will help on that side, for sure. Yeah. We talk about the, we call it the advanced side of the business, so the, everything related to data center side of the business. Uh, the good news is really that in the last six, nine months now, really, it's a recovery, right? Yeah. And, and uh, recovery means... Uh, very clearly, uh, many end customers have seen the world is not always cloud or public cloud. The world is also even on-premise in a private cloud environment, hybrid cloud, right? Or the success, what you see with some vendor partners even in between. So this is clearly a growth area this year and it will continue next year. But we always have to keep in mind in 2019, since then, 2020 and 21, that was negative trend, right? So it was minus 10, minus 15%. Right. So so we have to see that uh, I will be back uh, in 2023 on 2019. My view is yes. So that would mean that's another chance of another 10% uh, of, uh, of plus year over year. But that is more correction than from 2019. But on top of that, all of that is um, there's always business what we can make. So the IT industry is always in a good shape, right? So so um, if you hear my speeches, I talk always about GDP growth, right? What is the GDP growth in the, in the country, in the world, and so on? So normally, 
the IT industry is about three to 4% higher in GDP in growth. So in other words, if we have in US GDP growth next year, let's say 1.5%, the IT market will grow four and a half to 5%. So that's the good news, right? And we all in this industry. So therefore there is business what we can take and we, we are living in a very good uh, industry. And I saw even the other day uh, from IDC, they do always this uh, questionnaire to uh, CIOs, what's going on uh, for the investment? Do you decommit to keep it as last year or even your, uh, uh, your increase, right? And uh, if you look at the pie, pie chart, you see really that the increase is, uh, a decrease is less. In other words, they invest the same or even a bit more, right? So all good news. So we have still a lot of opportunities in the market. So cloud, of course, is still big. Security, this is the number one, right? This is growth of 15, 20% for everyone. Yep. Uh, bad actors are in any company, right? So that will pop up soon in many companies and it will be there that our partner should be there in security space. Collaboration, many companies have started to see uh, people not coming back to the office. So even if they try to bring them back to the office, what does it mean then for long-term? What do we do with the office or the work from home, right? So. If you think about AR, VR, that are new areas popping up now, very small still, but they're there and they're growing new opportunities. So that's why always you have to think about opportunities. You have to think about the market. And what I'm saying is there is a, the, the budget is there. The companies have the money. It's only the question is who, who takes the money from, from the end customers at the end. Yeah, I've seen, uh, that's really interesting because I have recently looked at some uh, IDC data looking at next year. Yeah. And your point is really well taken. They they currently have an overall growth of about four and a half to five and a half percent, right? Yeah. Just almost exactly the number that you mentioned. Right. But what's interesting is when you break it down and they've got it broken down and I'm looking at the chart, probably 15 different categories, mm -hmm. there's a wide range. I mean, mm -hmm. um, you know, the PC, traditional PC and device space could be down as much as 10 to 12 percent. Right. Uh, yet, uh, you know, infrastructure software, it could be up as high as 20%, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so there's a wide range, but, right. um, well, and the good news is you guys play in every one of those categories. That's and so therefore right. it enables you to offset maybe right. some areas that are, you know, hit harder than others. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And that's the beauty of being uh, so broad. So we have 99% of the vendor portfolio, what you can have as a distributor, right? Yep. And uh, and that's really a beauty of it, to be in the endpoint side of the business and the advanced of the business and even in the specialized business, what we're doing. So that are the three categories we're having. And we are playing a very important role in all the three areas. And on top of that, of course, on, on the customer side, so we play on the consumer side, we play on the corporate side, SMB side, and huge is our public sector business, right? So not many are aware about that, but it's a huge, huge part of our business. So, and this all are growing areas. And then uh, you mentioned the IDC uh, uh, numbers. I haven't seen that, but what I can tell you, what you talk about and I talk about is exactly the areas where you normally make more money as a mm -hmm. partner, right? So these are margin business, right? This yeah. is service business. It's right. not than 10%. So it's not... Uh, PC business where you maybe make almost no money with, right? right? So that's the beauty of it. So there is a good chance with maybe a moderate growth in revenue, but with the shift of the business, having a higher margin stake that should end up in a higher margin portfolio for our partners. And then, and then also, of course, uh, with profit. Yeah. So, so talking about that, and that's a really good point because, and it kind of ties back to 
sort of one of the discussions that everybody, when we talk about distribution, wants to have, which is, yeah, distribution traditionally has been in this pick, pick and pack, you know, uh, old school sort of business. Right. The truth of the matter is that has transitioned tremendously over the last couple of years to one different businesses, two certainly more higher margin businesses, right. and software and service and obviously cloud play a much bigger part in that now. Yes. I, I, I know you're seeing that shift. Could you talk a little bit about that and what, what you're seeing there? Sure, absolutely. So uh, if you think about, about this uh, pick and pack business, this is core and you have to do it because that is what many vendor partners expect of course, and of course resellers as, as well. But to, to make money out of that one is almost mission impossible, right? Uh, so this is, if you run it well and great, maybe you're a black zero, that is it, right? But uh, where we make the money is with all the valid, uh, value added services we put on top of that. And that could be on the endpoint side, right? And um, I name one PC configuration. So it's simple, so it sounds easy. It's not so easy, but uh, we have some partners in the past that did their PC configuration by themselves. They thought that is one of their core competence. And more and more, they moved it over to us as a distributor because for them, it's too low a margin stake. For us, it's attractive enough, so we take it, right? And we do that, that type of configuration. Or if you even think about complex configuration we're doing on the server side, including networking. Uh, so we do a lot of uh, access point deal for, deals, for example, with our partners, right? And building up a complete solution there. And that includes services for our partners with our partners to, uh, to, to the end customer. And that is the, at the end, the, the part of the success story. If you look as, uh, and you can see it in our uh, numbers as a public listed company, uh, so we have a, a decent profitability, and of course, we like to make more in the future, but this is coming not from the classic pick and pack business. This is coming really from the services around that, right? And customers are paying for that, and, uh, and, uh, and they enjoy it because we, uh, with our leverage we have, with our size we have, we can deliver solutions for them that never could have done before, for sure, not even for that price we can deliver it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 the services are are being not only are they necessary, but they're also required. It, it appears to me in the conversations I'm having with the solution providers is there's just a whole host of services that they need somebody to provide to them, right? right. Um, and we saw a lot of that coming out of the pandemic when folks were just struggling to keep their business going. They couldn't make investments in some of the you know, emerging technology areas that, that were needed. And you guys were able to step in and help them you know, sure. in those areas, whether it was training or support, et cetera. And um, with the proliferation of solutions that are out there, particularly on the security side, as you mentioned. I mean, <laughs> everybody you bump into is a new security vendor, right? Who's yeah, got some nice. solution that yeah. I can't figure out how they all fit together yet. Someday we might, but um, but with the proliferation of all those, surf, all that, um, you know, technology, somebody's got to make sense of it. And somebody's <laughs> got to kind of put it all together. And I think it's funny that a lot of people don't realize how important that role is that you guys provide on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. To do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I think in the last two, three years, and GTC was helping on that, uh, uh, many of the partners have understood that. So it's a customer side. I think they got it straight to your yeah. point, right? So they need a solution for an end customer, not maybe not capable to deliver that. They're calling us up and help. Can you help me here? Or security. I have a an issue with my end customer. They have a breach. How can you help me? And we do this, right? So we have then really people supporting them. Say, okay, this is 
who you should talk this is a vendor to put in place on on prevention but also if it's too late right uh, helping them uh, there to to make this happen and and that is a big part what our resellers uh, see as a big value what we bring to the table right and on the vendor side similar thing right so they have also seen that how we have increased our service offerings to them and how uh, how much we deliver to them uh, for the smb space but also in the corporate space right yeah. and so that's why i think distributors uh, in the last couple of years, they've really proven, and I talk about all distributors here. So they've really proven that they can deliver more and more services, and they can leverage the organization, make it for a very efficient price, and make it very effective, right? And then also, of course, in the pandemic time, they were, in my view, the ones really keeping everything together that is not falling apart, right? And uh, and I think that is a big part of our channel ecosystem, if you talk about. And one other thing. So we see more and more direct players coming to us to the channel. So I haven't seen that before as such, but now you see a really big wave, right? So security partners, you mentioned uh, smaller vendor size, they're coming to us. If it goes to analytics, AI, they never thought about the channel in the past. Now they come to the channel and like to work for us. And I think yeah. that has all to do that they have seen that uh, some companies were very successful using the channel in the last two years with the pandemic. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I think, um, I, you know, it, when I first took this role in 2019, um, you know, all anybody wanted to talk about was whether the distribution can make this next evolution, you know, with the digital transformation. And, and I'm like, Jesus, um, you know, and my response was, if you, if you look at the history, if you look at what's happened over the past 30 years, you wouldn't even ask the question, but okay, fine ask right. the question. And then it just went away with the pandemic because the way the distributors stepped up was yeah. just unbelievable. Um, yes. and, and, and that story is a spectacular story. But I think to your point, what it resulted in is now people recognizing the overall value, yes. not of just the channel, but the role that distribution plays in that space and um and how it's going to continue so I, I think it's i think it's a great story and you know you guys have done fabulous um one other kind of macro point and i know you've been heavily involved with these over the past you've personally been um engaged in them um m a this <laughs> seems to be you know this is an area in the it space that it's constantly happening constantly <laughs> going on you know when you look at the landscape in north america eh, there's not you know too many there's a few niche players, but, mm -hmm. you know, um, your company and, you know, certainly Ingram and Arrow between the three of you, you've got the bulk of the mm -hmm. share. Um, globally, though, I think there's still a lot of opportunity. What yeah. are you seeing in, the, in that space? And what do you think will, you know, what do you think will happen as we kind of move on here? Yeah. So uh, speaking about globally, so we stated very clearly in our strategy that we like to continue to grow our business. So that, of course, organically on one side but yep. also enhancing our global footprint. And there are still many patches in the world we are not covering as we should cover. So Asian Pacific for sure, and as you know, that our emerging markets and yes, some of the markets have still an issue with the COVID pandemic, but yep. they will recover, no question, right? Or uh, if you look about the uh, Middle East area, uh, so uh, um, that is for sure an area with interest. Uh, then also, if you look at Europe, uh, so we have a very complete portfolio in Europe, but there's still something we can add there. So there's no question. Uh, Latin America, 
uh, is is an interesting market. So we have a, a, a nice growth rate in that place. And but we're playing in the advanced side of the business only, so data center side. And in that space, there's even a lot of potential in because it's still a fragmented market, right? Mm -hmm. Even in, in North America, yes, of course, we have a, a, a high market share, but new products coming up. So I mentioned other areas like even AI, VR, uh, AR, whatever, right? So over time, there will be something in the niche play what is attractive for us as, a, as an acquisition target to complete our portfolio, right? Yeah. Even we have 99% of the vendor portfolio today, are we best in class in all of them? There's potential. Yeah, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to phrase it. <laughs> well, good. Well, Michael, this has been this has been really great. It's good, and I really appreciate you taking time out, uh, you know, on the last day of the quarter to come do this for us. Right. Uh, but but thank you very much uh, for your time and your thoughts and. Uh, Obviously, I look forward to continuing to work with you. And uh, the, I have to just tell you the TD Cynics story and what you guys have done over the last year has been uh, pretty amazing. And I think people have recognized that. So congratulations on that. And uh, thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Frank. And uh, enjoy the day. Thank you. Okay.